Hey everybody, my guest today is a periodontist. If that sounds boring, I want you to stick around because Dr. Levine is anything but boring, really engaging, and lots of great information about the teeth, the gums, below the gums, all the things that can cause a problem, including heart disease. It starts in the mouth because of inflammation, and we know that inflammation is something we want to keep to a minimum, so we need to start taking really good care of our teeth and gums. I think you'll enjoy it. I hope you do, and if you do, share it. Thanks. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, I have a guest who I have been searching for for a really long time. Little did he know, or I know, that he was going to be the one. What I was looking for was somebody that would talk to us about the correlation between the health of our mouths and our gums and our teeth and the health of our heart. If this is a new concept for you, you need to listen up because it is really important that we get this information to as many people as possible. Dr. William Levine, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. So when we were just talking off camera, you said you started in one direction and ended up here as a periodontist for over 35 years. Just give people that little story. It's fun. So actually, uh, I actually wanted to go into education. and I started as a student of Semitic languages and history. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I turned out I was quite linguistically challenged <laughs> and learning a foreign language was incredibly difficult for me. I actually never grasped it. And the faculty sat down with me and said, we suggest a different pathway. Well, my <laughs> father was a dentist already and he enjoyed his work very much. And, um, I was good in sciences and I enjoyed working with my hands and I enjoyed talking and dealing with people and helping people really become healthier. And so it just uh, worked out for me since then. And it's been a, a pleasurable journey and a, uh, and a and a really terrific profession for me to be involved with. That's perfect how that worked out. You and I have a, a, a flipped situation. When I was young, I wanted to be a doctor. And by the time I got to middle of high school chemistry, maybe, my chemistry teacher took me aside and said, you're really good with language. You should go there. You're not really good at science. <laughs> I was devastated. I thought, I'm going to be great at this. I can dissect the frog. And anyway, so I, I did come back to the idea of helping people. I just didn't do it through medicine. You're, well, school. you're helping people and you're helping people be aware of their health. So let's first talk about what, in case somebody doesn't know, what does a periodontist do? So basically... Um, our bodies, are, or, or, or let's say our mouths and our teeth specifically, are a very unusual part of our body because the teeth are anchored into the jawbone, and yet they function in the mouth. The jawbone anchorage system has to be sterile, and the gums protect that system. But the teeth have to function in a non-sterile environment, which is teeming with bacteria and other things, food objects and other, let's say, non-natural substances that the body cannot afford to have internally. And so um, a periodontist really manages the health of the gums. If the gums are damaged in some way, 
If there's bone loss around the teeth due to chronic inflammation, we can go into that a little bit more. Uh, the periodontist is capable of stopping that process and even rebuilding the bone and keeping the gums and teeth healthy. And hopefully our goal would be to keep your, your own teeth for as long as you live. If perchance that doesn't take place, we have the skill sets and the capabilities to replace those teeth with implants or with other different solutions. It seems to me that I'm going to say in the old days, let's just say my grandmother's days, everybody had dentures by the time they got to be a granny or granddad, right? Like there was, you. The I'm sure every listener, most of them anyway, will have an image of the glass of water on the table with the teeth in it <laughs> when you went to visit your grandparents. Yeah. Is it because of we learn more better hygiene that that is not, I mean, or maybe it is the case. Do a lot of people still get dentures as frequently, do you think? I think there's a number of factors involved. It's a very good question. But I remember when my daughter came home from first grade and said, my teacher taught me that they have three sets of teeth, the baby teeth, the permanent teeth, and the plastic teeth. Oh my God. (laughs) And that was how everybody functioned. I think a lot of that had to do with two factors. Number one, there was a low level awareness of general oral health. And number two, and don't forget, this was a, a generation that was beset by the depression. So the financial ability wasn't there either. But also dentists didn't really have the knowledge base to treat a lot of these diseases. We are so much more skilled in what we do now in terms of maintaining your teeth and being able to control periodontal disease. It's a relatively new field. When I say relatively new, it's 50, 60 years since it really began. Before that, we didn't have solutions and most dentists really didn't know what to do. So I think it's a fusion of both increasing awareness and financial ability by the public, but also by the ability of the profession to deliver better care. Hmm. I have to start with the question of flossing because before we get into periodontal health, gum health, all that stuff, is it true that flossing is the key to keeping your gums healthy? Well, I'm, I'm going to start by answering yes, they are. it is of critical importance, but I think more importantly, let's appeal to your logic. With the tooth, it protrudes out of the gum and sits in your lovely smile. Now you have a side that faces the lips, a side that faces inside, and then two sides which face other teeth, right? Now you're brushing the outside and the inside, but you're actually not getting between the teeth. Mm. So the surfaces of the teeth are filled with bacteria, and the bacteria forms immediately there and begins to, to grow there, and you're not able to remove it. There's no place else in your body where you would tolerate that. <laughs> That's a really good yet, point. Uh, you know, we wash our face and we take showers and we wash our bodies, but we've got to clean the bacteria off our teeth as well. And unfortunately, reaching between the teeth, floss is not the only thing we can use because it is, I have to admit, it may be critical, but it is difficult. It, but we, it's one of the it's well-known and, and, and time-tested ways of cleaning between the teeth. But there are other devices, special kinds of toothpicks, different water flossers. There are different types of brushes that go between your teeth. And the dentist and you will figure out what is right for you. I like those little picks that have the round brushes on the end. They, you stick between your teeth. They feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> they feel good and they're, and they're very effective. They're pretty much as effective as floss. Oh, good. I have found as I've gotten older that my teeth have shifted. So some teeth are really hard to get the floss between, whereas those little picks, they are sturdier. So I can actually kind of yeah. get them between yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. 
no comment there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're going to talk about, I don't know how often you measure, the pocket around the tooth, there's like a number. You've got a one or a two or a three. Mm-hmm. And just explain that again for people that haven't had the experience yet. So um, let's go back to what I said earlier. The teeth are anchored into our jawbone mm-hmm. and they protrude into the mouth. And the gums protect the jawbone and allow the teeth to protrude through them and function in the mouth. Now, that zone there around the neck of the tooth is a high-risk zone where bacteria can penetrate in and and basically go into the bone and into the sterile system. So what the body has created or what exists there is a very highly immunomodulatory system filled with cells that are specifically designed to repel bacteria, to kill bacterial infection, and to prevent the system from, or prevent the bacteria from the mouth or other traumatic events from penetrating into the gums, into the bone, rather. So basically, in order for it to do that, to go back to what you were talking about in terms of the, the space between the gum and the tooth, you don't want too deep of a space. The space that's healthy is referred to as a sulcus, which is about one to three millimeters Anything deeper than three millimeters means that you probably have had some bone loss, and that's why the probe or the measuring device is going deeper in. So, because what happens is, as our bodies are trying to repel those bacterial infections, and the bacteria are not being cleaned off efficiently by the patient, so it's continually there, the system functions almost like a computer overload. In other words, if you've opened up too many programs in your computer, it will will freeze. Mm. Same thing here with if you if you stimulate this immunomodulatory or protective system for too long and in too high a level, it will stop functioning in an effective way and stop repelling or preventing the bacterial infection, but actually turn its protective elements internally and cause damage and cause bone destruction. And that is the root cause of periodontal disease. When the protective system switches, and then and is driven internally, and it causes a destruction of the bone around the tooth. And then what happens is you have a space between the gum and the tooth where the bone used to be. And then the bacteria penetrate deeper in, and they start that same process again. They stimulate the immunomodulatory protective system, and then they basically that reacts, becomes dysfunctional, and causes further bone destruction. And that process continues. Understand that in the United States, which is relatively a high level of oral awareness or oral health awareness, and the population generally takes care of their teeth, over 50% of the American population have advanced or significant gum disease over the age of 35. That's an enormous enormous number. It's right under the common cold. And Hmm. if you look at gingivitis, which is simply inflamed gums that haven't yet caused bone destruction, we're talking about about 85% of the adult population. So we have something that everybody pretty much suffers from. Everybody has a little bit of inflammation. And the risk that we have when you're younger and everything's working and everything's functioning well, you sort of ignore those problems, which don't appear to be critical for now. Everybody's busy with their own things. But if you think about it and how important our teeth are, it's our speech. Hmm. It's our ability to eat. It's our ability to smile. It has major impacts on high levels of function that we don't know until we have problems with them. And so it's a great time to start taking care of them before they have problems because then they're reversible. 
And if you're flossing and you get a bloody gum or something from flossing, does that mean that you have gingivitis, but not necessarily periodontal disease? Correct. Bleeding is a symptom of inflammation. Right. Inflammation could be gingivitis. It could be periodontitis. It all depends on how much it's or how deeply it's progressed into the gums. But if let's say, for example, you're flossing and you have bleeding gums, that may be okay. It may be that you're actually treating a problem. So wait a day or two or three and see if the bleeding stops after you've begun flossing before you panic. <clears throat> if it continues to bleed despite that, you may have a more penetrating problem or a deeper problem like periodontitis and probably should see the dentist. Okay. So let's move down into the body where the damage can be done. You talk about how we don't know or we're young and we don't pay attention to the little bits of things that, you know, maybe we should pay attention to at 35 and older. Um, but we don't feel any result in our heart cavity or on the heart muscle because inflammation in the gum, the bacteria, the infection, all that stuff is traveling around. But it, it's, it happens, right? Sure. So, I mean, actually, I, I find that the health system is actually pretty logical if people try to think about it a little bit. But let's go back to our little microscopic world of the place where the tooth penetrates into the mouth. And it's teeming with bacteria. And now it's inflamed. So that when you have inflammation, the tissue is more permeable. So the bacteria are, are flooding into the system slowly. If you, if you looked at that area... It actually is about the size of your palm of your hand. It's, it's the, if the ulceration that you have when you have generalized periodontitis or gingivitis, and you lay it out, not just circling the teeth, but as a, a spread it out on a piece of paper, it's about the size of your hand. So it's quite a large area of infection. So you have bacteria penetrating into the tissue through those portals of, of permeability through the inflamed gums. And you have the body trying to react mostly ineffectively because it's over, overburdened. And so what happens is the, uh, in, the inflammation profile is elevated. So we have a highly functional system, which is not running well, but our bodies, our bloodstream is absorbing reams of bacteria and an enormous elevation in the inflammatory chemicals, which will elevate what we would classically call the inflammatory profile. Our body is, is at high risk at that point. And therefore, it impacts actually much more than just cardiac disease. There's very strong associative data to show that it impacts significantly upon uh, strokes, uh, actually fetal health. You can actually have a low fetal weight babies and early deliveries. Um, it increases diabetes risk. It increases rheumatic fever and rheumatoid arthritis and pretty much every other disease, even Alzheimer's and others. So uh, having an elevated inflammatory and infectious profile just puts you at risk. The cardiac events are part of that profile as well. First of all, to stay healthy and look at your overall wellness, include your teeth in that formula. Two, uh, if you have cardiac problems, whatever they may be, you really need to make sure that the, your inflammatory profile is low, that your infectious level in the bloodstream is low, and you need to maintain that by keeping your mouth healthy. There are not that many areas in our body which are chronically infected. It's just the mouth. Thank goodness. Yeah, so for the audience, we've talked a lot over the years about inflammation. And again, you don't often feel the inflammation in your body, but it's still there and it's still doing damage. And I sometimes Absolutely. think of it as like rust, you know, it's just eating away little by little. <laughs> and when you talk about it's it, in relation, 
Yeah. And, and so taking care of our teeth is just as important as everything else. Although sometimes I think, well, I go to the dentist twice a year and get my teeth cleaned. I'm good. Um, but this is making me think, you know, maybe there's more I could do. And I know that you have a product. It's for helping keep the mouth healthy and bacteria free. Is that accurate? Uh, yes, to an extent. Look, I, I started practicing periodontology and looked at my patients who were suffering, and I began to realize that the solutions that we had available to offer them were insufficient. Most of the rinses and products that we have out there simply kill the bacteria on the surface, but they're not getting into the gums and they're not getting below the gums where the bacteria are the most active and the most pathologic or damaging. In addition, the core root of what differentiates between reversible gum disease like gingivitis, which is inflammation and infection, but not damaging, and the, the aspect where it's actually penetrated down and caused damage to your bone and potentially loss of teeth eventually, is the inflammation. When that inflammation switches and becomes dysregulated or dysfunctional or chronic, all those terms pretty much allude to the same principle. It's no longer working to protect you. It actually is beginning to damage you. And when that happens, that switches the disease from being gingivitis to being periodontitis. And so if we can control that junction where this switches over by managing not only the bacteria, but also the inflammation, then we can actually help control that, that process. So we wanted to use, I wanted to design something that can be used in an easy way on a daily basis, because this problem is a daily problem. It's not a once every three months problem and that can be safe. And actually, remember, my background is medical and dental. So I came from the world of pharmacology and, and chemicals. You know, I hate to say it, but, but I wanted some, to look at the world of natural products and see if we can find a solution there. And we did something actually that was very in, innovative in that we took natural products that we thought would be effective. We tested hundreds of different products to see how they're effective, but we tested them in a way that's not the way it's usually done. We didn't really rely on predetermined evidence of history of that it might help this or might help that. We actually took the plant and chemically broke them apart and analyzed which parts are active in which zones. So some of them are active in killing bacteria, some of them are active in modulating inflammation, but inflammation is not a single chain or of event. It's not a switch on, switch off process. It's a whole cascade of different uh, vascular changes or blood vessel changes, chemical changes in the blood, cell signaling, cell damage, cell repair that has to be modulated and sense choreographed carefully in order to control that process. So we use the complexity that's available in nature and that the plants have many different biologically active compounds and we combine them in a, with a specific ratio and, and extraction process that we optimize the active agents and put them together into a product that we call periactive. Periactive, when you use it, is supposed to most rinses where you simply rinse and it kills bacteria. This will do that too because it's an important factor. But more important than that, it'll actually penetrate into the gums and reduce bleeding and promote healing. So those gums will develop a greater collagen level, which will protect them. It'll shut down the process of the inflammation so that the inflammation will uh, not cause as much damage as it is. So that combined with effective oral cleaning the brushing and flossing and whatever or interdental brush you would use 
is enormously effective in really managing the disease. So that was, I would say, for me, in a sense, a real um, accomplishment I feel very proud of in creating the Periactive. And it's actually, you know, now being launched in the United States, and we're very excited about it. That is exciting, especially because we talked uh, right before we went on about the rinses, as you would call them. A lot of them have sugar, there's alcohol, Listerine, love it, hate it. All the other, I went to the pharmacy one day to look for a rinse. There, it's an overwhelming shelf full of things, you know, blast Arctic yeah. white and this and that. I have no idea what the difference is, but there are a couple of healthy, you know, all natural ones. Um, but I didn't get the sense that there was a whole lot of science behind it, just that it was a nice feel good kind of product. So I'm glad to hear that you did all the research that you did. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it was an exciting process. And you're right, there is a, it's a hard selection to make. You want to avoid alcohol-based mouth rinses because they dry out the tissue. Mm. And really what we want, you need something that will actually change the inflammatory profile of this disease to help you manage it. Because you clearly, a person who has periodontal disease has a predilection to it. We mm. need to get him, shift him to the healthy zone and make sure that we can help him control that. So you can reverse periodontal disease? You can reverse gingivitis completely, but periodontal disease, it really depends on how advanced it is. But you mm. can most of the diseases you can control, and if managed properly, even conservatively by the periodontist and the patient in tandem, you can actually have terrific results and, and really maintain your teeth for life. Right, because that is what we all hope to do. As you said earlier, our teeth, Absolutely. how we speak, smile, enjoy food. Yeah, interesting. And let me ask you about implants. It, it seems very common these days that people get an implant. And the idea of drilling into my bone scares the heck out of me. <laughs> Just because you're then opening up this whole sacred space. Like you said, it's a closed environment and then right. things get introduced. But I guess it's better than not having a tooth. What would you say? <laughs> Uh, I can't agree with you more about all the things you said, but let me sort of make maybe shed a little light onto it. Yeah. Um, the implant surgery, yes, not having a tooth is a much bigger problem. And the concern that you expressed about drilling into the sacred space, you're 100% correct. That is a risk. So implant surgery has to be done very carefully because it has to remain non-traumatic, non-damaging to that bone in order to maintain its health. So you have to be, you be basically, we go in very gently. We open up a tiny hole and slowly but surely expanding it, making sure that the temperature doesn't increase, making sure that we minimize the trauma. It's not something that should be done by the untrained professionals. It should be done by somebody with experience and who knows how to respect your tissue as he would respect his own. But I think once that's done and you keep it clean, the success rate is enormous. Mm. That said, there's a, there's a tsunami of disease called periimplantitis, hmm. which is like periodontitis because of what your fear is justified. It exists and it's not a little uh, it's not a little bit. It's not a rare process. So basically the periactive was designed to help that as well. In other hmm. words, all our implant patients, and we do quite a lot, uh, all our implant patients are uh, on periactive and it's critical to their maintenance of their health. And it's an important part of the process. Yeah, I've not I've not known anybody. I've known people that have implants. I haven't heard anybody who had a bad experience. I was just wondering oh, yeah. what your take on it was. You can actually look online about periimplantitis. That's unfortunately much more common than we think and probably underdiagnosed. Hmm. 
What else should we know about our teeth that we haven't thought about? <laughs> oh, well, I think that it's important to get your dentist on a regular basis in terms of getting his help or, or the hygienist's help in cleaning your teeth. Because after a while, what happens is the, as the bacteria build up on the teeth, the calcium in the saliva and the calcium in the blood tend to make those bacterial deposits hard. Mm. And then you can't brush them off anymore. So the job of the hygienist is to, uh, and the dentist is to make sure that your teeth are clean. And the trick is to find the right schedule of maintenance, which is not too much, but not too little, where you're coming in healthy and you're leaving more healthy. What we don't want is for you to be coming in in a very highly inflamed state and then the, the hygienist or dentist will try to make you healthier. They won't be successful in one visit. And then you'll be basically revert back to your disease state in a couple of weeks. So you really don't want that. You want to get to, as we call it in our office, a zone of health. And we want to keep you there. We, and sometimes it can be more extended periods between visits if the oral hygiene is good or if the patient's, patient's health is allows it. And sometimes a little more concentrated, depending what the patient needs. But but you really do need to be in that process with your dentist. And I think developing a relationship with your dentist where you hope he respects you to the point where he can keep you healthy is is important. I have a question about the removal of a plaque. Let's So after COVID, I hadn't been to the dentist in probably two years because we didn't go to the dentist, right? right. And there was some plaque that needed to be removed. And I, in the past, used to that little sharp crook thing that they pick at it and it goes away now there's a mechanical device that is like a dribble you know what a dribble is it's a little yeah anyway yeah. it's a it's an yeah. electric drill thing except it somehow breaks away the plaque and it feels really really horrible i don't like the sound i feel like it's damaging my teeth is it not damaging my teeth or are they no. tough enough so what it is it's actually it's vibrating at a specific wavelength the piece that 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 i don't even i can't <laughs> you're right it's a hook <laughs> it's vibrating at a specific wavelength where as you touch the hardened bacteria or plaque or calculus it really what is what it's called when it's hardened it splinters it off the tooth you can use the old-fashioned picks too they're just as effective this is a little easier sometimes for the dentist, but I have to confess when I'm in the chair and they take out that, that <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> so, so one has to be respectful of their patients for that as well. So, yeah, I, the, the hygienist actually went back to the pick cause I just said, I'm sure it's safe and I know you're good at what you do, but can you just do the old fashioned thing? Because you know, a lot of things in the dentist chair, if there wasn't the noise, the source that goes along with some of this machinery, I don't think it would be as horrifying. But the drill noise and that high whiny sound and it just adds to yeah, the discomfort. I, I agree. I'm not here to defend the dental profession. I'm just here to make it better. <laughs> Good for you. Good so, for you. So sure. when it comes to what we, were, what we were saying, if we can get you into that zone of health where you're maintaining your health yeah. at home and you come in healthy and there's less to do, everybody's happy. Yeah, exactly. So one last question. I know our enamel can get damaged over time, I guess, or maybe there's wine, coffee. I don't know what exactly damages enamel. You can tell us. But is it important to get our teeth coated with something? I know there's a thing where you coat kids' teeth to keep them from getting cavities. Is it okay for our enamel to go away after a while? No. Okay. <laughs> In other words, 
the enamel is is one of the is I think probably the hardest substance in the body. Okay. Um, except maybe for my wife's opinion. <laughs> but the, um, what, the enamel is critical in preventing the, uh, protecting the tooth. And it's actually a very unique material because it's crystalline. It's deposited in very specific layers. So it can be damaged by either cavities, like where the acid from the bacterial production causes holes in it. It can be damaged by trauma. It does suffer wear and tear from age as well. And you're right, coffee and tea and other materials may stain it, but they won't damage it, but they okay. will stain it and discolor it. And you do want to protect it. The sealants that they use on children are designed for sort of unusual anatomy on certain teeth, and they just want to protect it from cavities and remarkably effective, hmm. remarkably effective and non-damaging. And it doesn't damage the enamel, it simply coats it. There are other ways of coating the enamel, but they're really designed more for uh, aesthetics or for, you know, repairing them rather than coating them for protection. Okay. Let's just say you've had a cap, a crown. I have two that are, they said they'd last seven years. They've been in my mouth for like 25 years, but I can see the metal at the top if I look at yeah. them. And my dentist says, that's okay. As long as there's, you know, your gums are good. So basically it's okay. It's not that my gum is exposed to the metal. It would have been exposed to the metal anyway, because the metal's always been there. Right. So he's right, actually. What he's saying is you might've had a little bit of recession where the gums pulled slightly away from the teeth, but it's actually not an unhealthy situation. Okay. Uh, it's just you have a, maybe a slightly increased risk for cavities in that area. So if you brush it well and do fluoride treatments, etc. But from a health perspective, he's completely right. From an aesthetic perspective, that's a, a judgment. Yeah, I just, it's one of those things where they're still working and I don't want to have that whole right. situation where they have to cut them off and, you know. I completely agree. I completely, completely agree. Yeah. So. Fewer procedures is my motto. When that's an option. If it's not broken. There you go. Well, I just love this conversation and I could just keep talking about teeth and such, but I'm going to let you go. I do want to let people know where to find your product, getperiactive.com. And you said it's now in the States. Were you in Israel? I, I grew up in New York, but I've been living in Israel lately. I was on the faculty of one of the universities here. Yes. Well, and now we have our own private uh, center where we treat oral health. Um, and uh, we did have a small launch in the States before through the professionals, but now we're preparing to market to the consumers directly. So it'll be available through the website on online. And it does have a money back guarantee, which is pretty amazing for a product. I can't tell you how many products I've bought and had to throw away because there's nothing you can do once you open them most of the time. We are that this product is so effective and I am so proud of it that we basically we insisted that if you don't see a reduction in bleeding gums within 60 days, you know, please feel free to return the product. We haven't done our job. Wow. That's great. Thank you for being that way for us consumers. I know there's a lot of women listening like, God, if I could only have returned that mascara, that face product, that soap, that shampoo that I, you know, but Anyway, Periactive will give you back your money. And Periactive works. <laughs> and it's got, and it's plant-based. So all natural sometimes could mean that there's, you know, collagen from bovine sources and stuff, but um, not in this product for those of you who are vegan and or trying to do more of a plant-based uh, lifestyle. So Dr. Levine, this has been fabulous. 
And you are great explaining things, very easy to follow. And I learned a lot about my teeth. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. And it's a pleasure to chat. All right, everybody. I'll be back next week with another fabulous guest. Thank you for being with us and be well till next time. Hey, peeps, before you run, in case you're not 100% sure you're doing everything you can to age as well as you can, which means you'll feel better longer, you might want to check out my Age Better Lifestyle Assessment. It will give us a clear picture of where you are now and what small changes you might want or need to make to improve how you feel, how you look, and how you age. Check it out at rebelliouswellnessover50.com in the Work with Greg section. Thanks.